Hey everyone, my name is Marcus and welcome back to the Savvy Consumer Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the psychology and human behaviour behind consumption and how we can utilise this knowledge to become a more savvy consumer. We also talk about related topics such as how we can optimise our personal finances, increase productivity and improve our life satisfaction. Joining me once again this week is John. John, say hi. Hello. Ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao. Ni hao. Sorry, girl. <laughs> oh my god no <laughs> yeah so uh, anyway john just said uh, you know uh kind of like how do you do little boy what do you want to eat uh, i am not a little boy and i have already eaten so uh, no thank you very much uh john you know uh it's the end of october how was your week man it's all right it's all right is it the end of october oh it was all right we are coming close <laughs> to the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. Oh, and actually, uh, and you know, we started this uh, kind of at the middle of the year, you know. So it's, I mean, uh, August, September. So it's been like maybe three, four months already. Three, four months, huh? That's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, it's about time we started getting viral. So, you know, please share this <laughs> and uh, tell us your experience on the email that doesn't exist. Um, you know, John, um, last week we talked about sneakers and we talked about reselling them. And we talked about uh, Tees earning a lot of money from reselling, buying and reselling exclusive sneakers. So actually, I do have a story for you. Um, you know, the Ringer NBA show, I've uh, sent it to you a few times. It's a show that talks about basketball and the NBA, right? And yep. there are these two hosts that, uh, in particular, I like. They they have a couple of shows every week run by different hosts. And this pair of hosts, they run it on Tuesday and Friday. So um, in the last episode, uh, last week, they actually talked about buying and reselling basketball cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty big huh, recently. Oh, you, you know about that as well? Yeah, yeah. I read about it. Was it Yanis and uh, LeBron James? LeBron James. Yes, so you know um, those players whose cards, those players who are currently like uh, MVP caliber or you know slated to be hall of uh, hall of famous, they are basketball mm-hmm. cards. Uh, you know, in the past when you could buy them and they were relative unknowns or something like that, you could buy them for a yep. couple of bucks each. But now they're worth tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, for for LeBron James in the business for about seventeen, eighteen years, and he's always been one of the best out there. Uh, I heard it was like about $100,000 for his rookie card. And uh, for yeah. Giannis, I'm not sure what the the, um, the price is, but Giannis is, uh, has just won two MVPs in a row. Uh, he, didn't, yep. he didn't win any titles, but, you know, that's uh, always a talking point. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, we're talking, talk, they talked about how the basketball card scene exploded. You know, maybe uh, a couple of months ago, there weren't that many people buying it. And now there are all sorts of people buying it. Um, increasing the demand, driving up the prices. And so um, there were these cards that, you know, uh, you could buy the rookie cards for the latest batch of rookies, you know, Ja Morant, um, Zion Williamson, those cards, uh, the one of the hosts bought them for a couple of dollars each, maybe five, six dollars. And those cards, mm-hmm. PSA 10 graded, are going for like hundreds and maybe thousand, about a thousand dollars each. Whoa, okay. And so you would have cool. you would have made a significant amount of money if you had bought those when mm-hmm. uh, you know they were relative unknowns or compared to today and uh, in a couple of months the prices will have spiked and you have earned tons of money they also referred to you know sneakers you know 
uh, this mm-hmm. they, they kind of like compare this to sneakers right where they have friends who used to buy sneakers uh, and buy and sell them and they used to make money from that as well um, profiting from those uh, reselling activities of course it could be mm-hmm. anything in general but yeah um, basketball cards Pokemon cards yeah if you have a ba- <laughs> if you have a PSA 10 base set Charizard boy you are in for a treat yeah boy oh my god it's so expensive now crazy yeah but you know I, I i wonder whether there was anyone who had the presence of mind uh you know back when they were kids and they actually pulled a base mm-hmm. set charizard to actually send it mm. in to get graded uh so so they send this they, they send their cards in for grading at this uh certified uh professionals right and then they come back as a oh. condition uh you know 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 being the, the best condition there is and so if you had a base mm. set charizard the first ever set in a psa mm-hmm. 10 that would be worth a lot of money. Oh, I wonder if Sam still has his Charizard. Did he have, Did he always have a Charizard? I think he did. He he might. Uh, so so we're talking about a cousin here. Uh, he might have a Charizard. I can almost guarantee you it's not a PSA ten. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. It's probably in the trash somewhere now. Yeah, it's probably uh, like threw threw it away uh, in in the trash somewhere in a garbage bin. And some um if some um what do you call that trash collector. Uh, it has the awareness to pick it up and say this thing might be valuable. Then he'll be he might be in for, <laughs> eh, you know, not not you know not hundreds of thousands of dollars, but maybe like a few hundreds of dollars, maybe. Yeah, it's not too bad, not too bad. I mean, that's the price of getting married, right? <clears throat> I don't actually know how much anyway. it costs to get married. <laughs> uh, you know, if you have the banquet, then it costs uh, tens of uh, thousands of dollars. But you know, yeah, then you need a base set Charizard to get married, huh? So it's like yeah. In, in this case, yeah, yeah, kind <laughs> uh, of. Uh... Can can imagine this? Uh, maybe thirty year old guys uh selling his uh, base set Charizard PSA ten on eBay, saying like um someone please buy this because I need the money to get married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's the cost of getting married, right? It's the potential hundred eighty thousand that's down the drain when you got married. But uh, well, you know, it is what it is. It is what. Does he listen to our podcast? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, in a similar realm, like you know, you know, we're talking about games, right? And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about free things. Uh, we talked about them. Um, you know, you do have to be careful of them because uh, although free things are great, sometimes they might not mm. be the things that you want. And also, um, people who give you free things generally are looking to get something from you. Um, mm. We talked about um, we talked about the dangers of uh, free-to-play games uh, here and there over the previous few episodes. And so today, we're going to go deeper into that and we're going to talk about free-to-play games and loot boxes. Oh, free-to-play games. I love this. Okay, let's go. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know we are both uh players. We're both we both play games. We're both been playing Genshin. We're both we're both players. We're, no, okay, we're not both players. Cut that out, dude. Cut that out, editor. Are, who happens we're, to be me? We're gamers. We're gamers. gamers. We are players. Uh, no, no, that's not what it is. Players uh, spend their money on girls. Uh, people like us, oh. gamers, spend their money on fake girls. On games. Yeah. Uh. So you know. <laughs> We are both playing this game called Genshin Impact, which incidentally happens to be a free-to-play game and a loot box game as well. So there are two mm. things that we're going to talk about here. Um, the designation of games as, you know, free-to-play or not free-to-play, or, and also loot boxes, which are generally tied to these kinds of games, right? And just mm-hmm. to set the context for, for what we're going to discuss today, um, to define both uh, free-to-play and loot boxes, 
Uh, Free-to-play refers to a business model for online games in which the game designers do not charge the user or player in order to play the game. Instead, they hope to bring in revenue from advertisements or in-game sales, such as payments for upgrades, special abilities, special items, and expansion packs. And this is from uh, Techopedia, right? And so um, examples of this uh, in-game sales, one of the most uh, egregious examples would be loot boxes. Mm where it is a consumable virtual item which can be redeemed to receive a randomized selection of further virtual items or loot, ranging from simple customization options for a player's avatar or character to game-changing equipment such as weapons or armor. And Genshin Impact happens to be one of those games. So this is a topic that's uh, really close to our hearts right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And close to my fingers as well. Clo Wait. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it, Never it's mind. Uh, it's it uh, literally on, the, on your fingertips. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah literally, uh, you could click it or you could not, right? So, mm -hmm. John, what are your thoughts on both uh, free-to-play games and also loot boxes? Oh, I love free-to-play games, man. I love it. It's like free-to-play free to play games are great this is, this is why we did the vocal warm-ups at the start right so we should start doing them you know? yeah yeah it's like ah uh, yeah we should start doing it. it's like oh. yeah, yeah we, should, we, should, we should really start yeah you go higher and higher or you go lower and lower 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 <laughs> lower lower yeah but anyway free to play games they have been around as a concept for a long long time right uh, think back to like the first games first online games we played I think the big one was like Maple Story wasn't it it's like free at the oh, time. Oh, right, right, right. It used to yeah, be completely right. free. It used to be completely free. And how did they make money from that? I really have no idea. Did they have ads? They didn't even have ads. They did not. Yeah. So I guess that was kind of like the beginning of the free-to-play model where they before they, they realized they could like add stuff into it. And then they did come up with a cash shop after that, right? I mean, it was uh, it was probably part of the plans, right? Uh, from the probably, start. Probably. But they would, they, you know, they needed a bit more time to implement these uh, uh, revenue-generating features of the game. Mm, yeah, but nowadays games ship with the revenue generating features already built in. <laughs> yeah, in, the, in some sense they're they being smart about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't remember. There was a game recently where uh, the game was trash, man. It was a trash game. <laughs> it was it was literally the worst. Everyone hated it, but it was like buggy and everything. It didn't work. The only thing that worked was the cash shop. So you could really see where their like, priorities were when they came to shipping the game, right? So like the sales and marketing guys were like, oh, okay, uh, this one has to be, uh, I don't care, you have to go by this date. Uh, and by that time, I need the whatever, whatever, just the cash shop to be up. And it's like, what? How does that even make sense? Like, it's a game. Cash, cash shop simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What game was it? Oh, it was um, uh, Ghost Recon, the, the newest one. Uh, I can't remember what the name was. Isn't uh, Ghost uh, Recon a fairly established game? Is it Wildlands? Yeah, it is a fairly established game, but it's it was super trash on launch. Everything didn't work. Nothing worked. Nothing. Ooh. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so bad. It was really bad. And I think, yeah, and the only thing that worked was the cash shop. Wait, was it Ghost Recon? Actually, maybe it wasn't Ghost Recon. Don't quote <laughs> me on that. It was, <laughs> it's like I, it, it, throwing the wrong uh, game under the bus here. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely one of those games where you could buy like guns and skins and stuff I like see, that. I see, I so, see. Yeah, it's something like that. I can't remember whether it was Ghost Recon. It might be. Um, have to go and check that. But yeah, when it first came out, it was so, so bad. People were like slamming the game and stuff like that. Uh, the game's like Anthem. Oh, Anthem is not even a free game. It's a paid game. Ghost Recon as well. Paid games. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, a uh, little bit of attention, but yeah, games they they do they do kind of have their obviously monetization plans, but to have like egregious monetization in a paid game, that's kind of 
you know, you know, it's it's kind of douchey, isn't it? It's like kick a man when he's down. Right? You pay $50 already and then they expect them to pay another $100 a month just to buy loot boxes to keep up with progression. That doesn't make any sense at all, right? Yeah, but free games, free games are great. Like, we've been playing free games since, like, Maple Story, which was, like, came out, like, what, 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, it was probably, like, 15 to 20 years ago already at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it like, it, like, kind of moved from PC to mobile in general. So you got a lot of free games, like Summoner's War being a big one, uh, yeah. Brave Frontier yeah. sometime back. Yeah, yeah. So those are, like, the big, big names. I mean, for me, at least, that's, that's the games that I played when I was, like, after Army, you know? We got uh, my first smartphone. It's like, oh, Brave Frontier. Damn, son. Brave Frontier. Yeah, so it was great. Uh, I may or may not have spent some money on Brave Frontier. Um, you'll never know. I spent some money. <laughs> I didn't spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but but that brings us to the next uh, the next question, right? Loot boxes. So more of the recent or more modern kind of games, right? Instead of just implementing a cash shop to buy like weapons or skins or whatever, they have like this cash shop. Uh, no, not really cash shop. They have this cash loot box okay it's, it's a loot box basically you pay in game you get gems from completing missions and stuff or you can buy gems with money and then you can use these gems to buy loot boxes right yeah so these loot boxes generally they come with characters right so brave frontier had like hundreds of characters i think uh, when i was playing it it probably had like around 100 characters and it was probably like uh i don't know like a one percent chance to get like a super good unit or something like that of course yeah yeah and it, it when you think about it, right? How many, how many loot boxes do you have to pull for a guaranteed, like five star or whatever it's called, right? You banking on that one percent. You so yeah. I mean, if if everything is equal, right? You have to buy like a hundred boxes to get one of them, right? Yeah, and, but and, that's even, not how it and works. even then you wouldn't be guaranteed. <laughs> but of course you could. Yeah. you could get uh two or three or even four as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, loot boxes are are basically gambling, right? It's basically gambling it is, for children. It is gambling. Uh, gambling <laughs> yeah. under a different name. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, it is actually gambling. You can people actually get addicted to these kind of games and spend like thousands of dollars on it, <laughs> like in Genshin Impact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can kind of, I can kind of um, understand why they do it though. But yeah. So, what do you think? Uh, you like free to play games? No. Uh, later, you know. Later, I would like you to share more about why you can understand how they did it, yeah, or why they did oh. it. You know, then that wow. that gives us a certain perspective to that as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So I think I like what you mentioned, where you know you mentioned that games used to be uh, completely free. Like so, maybe 15, 20 years ago, when they first released Maple Story, they kind of had the concept of coming up with a good game, right? And maybe mm. their thoughts were that if we come up with a good game and we make it. Uh, free for everyone at the first uh, instance right then um, people might be willing to shell out money um, having already like played this game and decided that it was good mm -hmm. and so like to support the developers or something like that they would decide then to throw in some additional money to, for cosmetic upgrades and whatever right and so mm -hmm. um, yeah and over the years um, you do see like so, so for example the game that you mentioned uh, of which the name that we do not know. Hopefully, it's not Ghost Recon because then Ghost Recon can sponsor us. But, um, <laughs> but where you have the games and the games are putting more focus on their cash, um, cash generating uh features of the game, right? And so that uh -huh. that feels like we've come all the way from the uh from the one extreme to the other extreme. Yeah. Uh, you know, my thoughts on free to play games are you know generally games are great, and free games are great as well. But you yeah, can boy. kind of see the different dynamic between uh, games that are 
completely on a paid model where you pay for the mm-hmm. game and that's all there is, that's all you're going to get versus games that uh, are free to play but, um, you know, free to play games or sort of completely, there's, such, there's no such thing as a completely free game. In fact, mm-hmm. most of the games that perhaps at some point were completely free, they would, uh, the company would try to monetize it at some point of time. So I, I yep. don't really think that there's a completely free kind of thing that, uh, you know, uh, you know, even if let's say someone were to do a community project and they created this mm-hmm. game for fun, right? They would still right. ask for donations, for example. Yeah. Yeah, because previously yeah. before before that they were using like subscription models, right? Like when we were playing Ragnarok online, you had to pay like oh. I don't know, was it ten ten dollars a month to pay the game or something oh, like that? Oh no, I don't remember that at all. Huh. But did you not play RO? I, I did, but I don't remember paying Oh, Ten, might have been some I, private server we got yeah in yeah yeah oh but that would be interesting though uh that would be interesting and that would be something that we have talked about as well in our subscription episode right <laughs> yes yeah yeah so i think i think we will we will get into um more of the dynamics of free-to-play games later but you know uh, a couple mm-hmm. of podcasts ago episodes ago i said that you know free-to-play games are a scam right and so maybe yep. we'll, we'll explain a little bit more about that later on. Um, but I do think that it could be dangerous if um, the people who are playing these games, they don't control themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Loot boxes, so that's where the, the self-control comes in. So loot boxes are these things in games where, you know, um, they're boxes with like question marks on them, right? And so when you open one of these boxes in the game, you could either get uh, a regular item and you would have a really small chance to get a really, really good item. Um, perhaps at the start of this uh, monetization of these free-to-play games, the the loot boxes generally tended to contain like cosmetic items only, and so mm. and so um, let's say Maple Story when the the cash shop first came out, they all you could buy were kind of like cosmetic upgrades for your character to look more pretty and to look more handsome and more cool and whatever, right? right? And they didn't actually yeah, affect yeah. your progress in the game. And so mm. I think um, perhaps because of that reason, I suspect that people tended to spend less on it because mm, yeah, uh, probably. like, I mean, there's only so much that you would be willing to pay. And I think one of the dangers come is when, you know, the, the loot boxes were actually um, changed to include some items that were linked to your progression in the game and so mm. people who are extremely competitive they would feel compelled to spend more so that they could keep yep. up with other people in the game mm-hmm. and so yep. i think yep. uh, of course there are people who spend a lot of money on cosmetic upgrades but i think this is one of the reasons that compel people to keep spending in order to keep up with mm. other players as well so definitely something that's uh that's dangerous and you know um something that we will discuss discuss a li- discuss Discuss. Discuss. Clearly, the the warm ups were not enough, huh? <laughs> no, no, not enough. No, no, no. Yeah, but I mean, you you look at loot boxes, right? Um, a game that comes to mind is like Overwatch. You know, you're talking about cosmetics, right? Yeah. So inside the loot boxes, it was all cosmetics. There was nothing to um make you more make you more powerful yeah. than another person. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, I mean, they still made a lot of money from loot boxes, right? Because they 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 went and released like different rarity of skins and all that, and it came with uh different animations with the gold skins and all that, you know. So like they they do have ways to do this kind of things, you know. So, so even but, if they sold cosmetic items, they could uh companies could still make a handsome uh, profit. Yeah, yeah, they they could still make a handsome profit. But on the other spectrum, there was this um I think it was the newest Star Wars game, right? Oh, so the progression was solely linked to the loot box system. 
So right, so when they pull loot boxes, right, they get like cards, yeah. and the cards are like skills. I think if I understand what I was reading correctly, so it was like skills. So you could only pull it from loot boxes, which is like weird, right? Like a guy who comes in and spends two thousand dollars immediately is stronger than a guy who probably spent five hundred dollars and five hundred hours playing the game, which there's no parity there, right? Like yeah, how yeah, how is yeah. this fair, right? Yeah, yeah it, it is literally pay to win, but why it is pay would to you win. pay two thousand dollars? Just to win. I don't know. Some people, are, they have spare cash to burn. I mean, I I don't want to judge them. But I mean, eventually they did overhaul the entire game. Right. They changed because they everything. Got, because they got too many complaints, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got too many complaints. It was so bad. At, at one point, it was so bad. That was like the, really the epitome of loot boxes. I think some some countries even, was it Australia? They like kind of banned loot boxes or something like that in, in certain I, games. I, I believe were, so, yes. Yeah, so it, it it's really crazy, right? Like, this kind of thing, it's, I mean, it's generally kind of harmless. You spend a few dollars to pull something from a game, but it, it somehow got to a point where, like, countries banned it. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, in uh, it, it, that, that's a pretty good segue to the next point that we would like to discuss is that, um, you know, there are accusations of free-to-play games and also loot boxes that these things are dangerous. And many of the commentaries mention younger kids as well um there are articles that mention you know we should teach our kids or you know teach people in general the dangers of loot boxes and uh, in these free-to-play games because um people might be people who are not educated on these things not aware on these things or not able to control themselves they would um, not be able to control themselves and they would spend out of control right and it got like you mentioned it got to the extent where there were actual countries who were banning loot boxes in games and i can't remember how that um was implemented practically in the game so either the game mm. didn't extend to that country or the game mm. had to kind of like take some measures and perhaps take some of the loot boxes out or even like to review the actual rates of the loot boxes yeah. to say that okay if you want that if you want a really rare unit then that would be like five percent or one percent and if you wanted like a kind of rare unit that would be about 10 to 20 percent and to be mm. extremely transparent about that before the game was actually allowed in the country. So, uh, you know, how founded do you think um, these ad- accusations are of uh, free-to-play games and also loot boxes? Well, I mean, it all comes down to control, correct? It's, this is it's, it's a form of addiction, same as any other type of addiction, right? Yeah. Same as smoking, same as drinking, it's the same. So it really takes a level of self-control and uh, kind of like awareness of the issue. Um. I mean, kids probably not so much because kids, um, they probably don't have that much money to throw at the game anyway. Mm. Uh, and if they have access to their parents' credit cards, then parents, what are you doing? Why do they have access to your <laughs> credit cards? So <laughs> parents, <laughs> this is on you. Yeah, yeah. So if a kid, like, I don't know, like 14, 15 years old, right, is using his parents' credit card to spend thousands of dollars, or not even thousands of dollars, okay, I won't go so far, hundreds of dollars on a game without their knowledge, I think there's something a little bit wrong there, but okay, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to judge. Uh, spending money on these kinds of things, it's fine, right? It's better than they go and buy like, I don't know, the lottery or something. Or maybe in US, the equivalent would be like scratch tickets. Yeah. So, you know, that, that kind of thing. So it is, I mean, you kind of pick your poison. Uh, probably a little bit is not bad. Like gambling inherently is not a bad thing. It's only bad when you lose control. So same thing with loot boxes, man. Like these streamers are crazy, man. They spend like thousands of dollars on it. I mean, they have their reasons, but uh, a little bit of self-control would be nice. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I would I would definitely never spend that amount of money on a game. I mean, probably, 
like Brave Frontier, right? I think that was probably the most I've ever spent on a game. Like there were these always like these monthly packs, right? Yes. Like every every day you get like uh, however many gems or something like that, and it add 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 and it added up to more than whatever you were going to pay the equivalent value in just buying the gems directly. I understand. So, I understand. I totally understand. Yeah, so every was, game has this <laughs> daily pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was buying that consistently for like maybe like a half a year or a year or so, right? So that's really a significant chunk of change. Yeah. And then I also bought like gems to like ref- uh, to like roll on some of the higher tier characters. So I think I would say maybe a couple hundred dollars is not beyond the imagination to say that's how much I spent on Brave Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of hundred so, dollars. So I'm guessing the real figure is about a thousand. <laughs> I... I don't think it got to a thousand because I mean I was just buying the the monthly packs right. So the monthly packs was like I think like six dollars something a month. Oh, so if I was playing it maybe for like a year and a half, so even if that the whole duration I was buying it, eh, it didn't really amount to much. And I only recharged like I think twice, like fifty dollars, fifty dollars that kind of thing. So I'm I'm not really into spending money on like these kinds of things. I do spend here and there sparingly. Uh, I mean obviously I spent a lot more than I ought to have spent on Brave Frontier, but you know. I'm a stingy guy. I don't like to spend money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I mean, uh, yes. so, so, you know, uh, we talked about younger kids and you mentioned that younger oh, kids yes. have money, right? You know, what do you think about younger kids uh, in relation to self-control? And also, you know, we watch a lot of videos where on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? Where there, there are these um, YouTubers or streamers who spend uh, a lot of money in one video to get uh, some good stuff from these loot boxes to spend thousands of dollars in one video. But mm. I mean, generally, these people tend to be older as well. So, you know, yep. what, what do you think of that? Do you think that that's a problem as well? Well, I don't think it's a problem per se. I mean, at the end of the day, money is yours. It's, it's up to you how you want to spend it. Uh, these YouTubers, these streamers are kind of paying to get content in a sense. So like these, this is like currently the trend, right? Like, oh, you spend X amount of dollars on a game to get like this character and that's like a clickbait thumbnail, clickbait uh, title. And then you're like, oh, okay. I spent $500 trying to get Klee or $500 to get Venti or something like that. And then, yeah, it's a it's a 15 minute video. They probably condense like a thousand summons into it. And they're like, oh, and then you see their reactions. It's like, it's very real reactions. You know, when you pull something <laughs> and you don't get what you want, it's very real reactions. Hey, they're paying <laughs> for content. Yeah, yeah, they they are literally paying for content, and yeah, so I think that that is probably fine, but they, I mean, they they probably know themselves like it's they, there's a place you have to draw a line, you know. It's like I think they do get an exemption on tax if it is a company expense, because I mean, it technically is a company expense. They might get some relief on that, but end of the day, you're still kind of spending like thousands of dollars in the game, and I don't think that's really healthy. You are, and so you mm-hmm. they they would be. Even though, like, let's say, even if they justify, manage to justify their spending on the game, they would still mm. be thousands of dollars poorer than yeah. if they didn't spend at all. Yeah, but I, I think it is very easy to justify it because the content itself might actually bring in more money than that already. And if you're doing, like, guides and stuff, right, if you don't have the character, you're just reading off of the website, oh, this skill might be good, this skill might be good, uh, this skill probably can synergize with this skill of another character. But unless you actually try it out, right, it might it might actually be very different from what you are reading. So I do see, like, I do see how they can justify trying to get these characters and spending obscene amounts of money to get these characters. Uh, I But the part of them spending obscene amounts of money, I think is probably a product of Genshin Impact being a little bit stingy with their with their rates and 
with their it's like what is it hundred and fifty dollars for six thousand four hundred or something? Yeah, uh, so that's uh, a yeah. that's a forty pools. So maybe it's like yeah, that's a, forty pools, like a four dollars four dollars per pool. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, isn't it? Four dollars of, pool, of eh? which ninety nine percent is guaranteed to be trash. Yeah, what the the five star rate is what? It's I think it's zero point six zero point six percent. Zero point six percent, right? Believe, yeah, yeah, and that's on a that's on a rate up banner. <laughs> yeah, on on the regular banner, it's zero point five percent. It's ridiculous. The rate up banner is like zero point one percent difference. It's like what the hell, right? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, so maybe just to put this into context for people who are not familiar with games, um, the game that we're playing now, Genshin Impact, there is also a loot box system where you can get good characters and good weapons in the game, and these characters would enable you to be uh, more powerful. They would have more powerful skills. And the weapons would have uh, higher stats and also better mm. effects, right? And so it, it goes according to a star rating where you have one star items all the way to five star items with five star being the best. And so for context, when you pull uh, a summon or you pull a loot box, right? There is actually a 0.6% chance that it will be a five star, which is generally what you want. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the rate for a four star, but I believe it's about five percent. Uh, I think so. I think I yeah. Mean, there's, yeah, yeah. I think it's about yeah, it's five percent. You know, let's not let's not go into the pity, right? I mean, just five percent straight <laughs> up, and yeah, also, yeah. And which means that you have a ninety four point four percent chance of getting a three star, which <laughs> the trash is automatic garbage. Yeah, and you know they garbage. they do do this system where you know. Uh, you know, for every 10 pulls, we'll give you a four star. So they kind of like mm. artificially increase the rates for you to reduce that sense of uh, perceived injustice of the players yeah, who yeah. spend a lot of money and they don't get what they want or even free-to-play players who uh, who pull a lot and they don't necessarily get good stuff. But, uh, and they do guarantee um, one five star for every 90 pulls. So that's about maybe a 1.1% mm. chance of 1.1% rate overall. So they did increase the rate a little bit. But I think... Uh, and this is something that is actually not that common among games. Some games don't even have that. So I guess yeah, yeah. it's a good gesture on the part of the game, but it's still really poor rates, right? It is really poor rates. It is. I think, yeah, they, they didn't actually make it official. Like on in some games, there's like a pity counter, right? Like I'm playing right. another game called Ex- Exos Heroes. So it's like you need to get 28, 10 pulls or something and automatically you get the character for free, right? So it's, I mean, in Genshin, it's a little bit different. They didn't, explicitly say that that was the pity it was like what people kind of like pull 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 and then i think it was a rumor and then after that they wrote in and then they confirmed it so you know it was that oh, kind it's of like that huh? yeah yeah so it wasn't like it wasn't explicitly stated that oh the pity is like 90 on the five star on the on the four star yes i think they said every 10 pulls you get a guaranteed four star yes you do yeah which reminds me my next pull should be a four star <laughs> <laughs> no don't, don't get trapped <laughs> yeah my next pool is a four star but anyway <laughs> yeah so i think i think uh for me I, I i do agree that control is important and mm. i think just to compare it to what you mentioned uh gambling cigarettes maybe uh other things that you might be addicted to right and i think it's really important to distinguish um loot boxes from these things and they're different in a couple of ways significant ways so number one is that you can set physical kind of barriers to smoking 
or to alcohol or to mm-hmm. visit gambling uh, dens or casinos, right? Right. And so, like, if the bouncer sees you and you don't have an ID that says you're above 18 or above 21 or whatever age it is in your country, you can't go in mm-hmm. and you can't buy the secrets. Yeah. Of course, you yeah. could use underhanded means to do it, but generally mm-hmm. that would um, be much more difficult. And so that would be a significant deterrence to anyone below these ages who wanted to do these kinds of things. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes for some of these games, when you buy stuff, you don't actually have to show how old you are. They don't, mm. they don't build that, or at least they haven't yet. There hasn't been significant pressure for them to do that. And so what yep. it means is that children, as young as um, whenever they first get their smartphone, they can actually buy these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing is that, you know, credit cards, spending via credit cards has actually been shown, I believe, across some studies, to be easier as compared to spending physical money. Oh yeah, of course. And so... Let's say you go to the shop and you pay cash. It's going to feel harder as compared to if you walk into the shop and you tap your credit card. Because in mm. your credit card, you just see the number in your bank account go down. And so it, it feels kind of a little bit removed from our reality, right? It's just some numbers right. on a screen. Right. And so spending $10 for your credit card and seeing the number decrease by 10, uh, it kind of feels different from handing over a $10 bill to the guy mm-hmm. and now we take that a step further to say that okay you don't even have to walk into the store to pay that $10 you can just do it from mm-hmm. your phone and yeah, so yeah, yeah. that really brings it all the way to the consumer and so in the name of convenience right so that's the upside convenience but the yep. downside is that it's everywhere it's universal it's ubiquitous right and so mm-hmm. that puts it in the hands of people who might not have that much control over themselves uh, for example young kids um, mm. I do like the point where you said kids might not have that much money to spend uh, on games, which is absolutely true. Um, and I think that, that uh, you know, some of these bundles, generally we, we mentioned that they are kind of like the same prices, right? And so the, mm. the biggest bundle uh, in these free-to-play games would generally cost you about 150 Singapore dollars. Or yep. in the US, it would be about 99 to $100 US. Yep. So that seems to be kind of the standard. And so for many of these kids, it's not going to be something sustainable for them if they want to spend $100 every month because most kids don't have that kind of money. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, of course, I could see them uh, kind of uh, buying the smaller bundles, right? And then um, that kind of links to, you know, um, kids when they first get their smartphones, right? Now kids are getting yep. them at really young ages, maybe in their primary school, about seven seven six seven years old they're already getting their first smartphones and so to them it feels so familiar and Mm. that and the payment is going through that um thing which they're already so familiar with and so that makes it easier for them to spend um i don't so i do think that kids um there is a deterrent in the sense that these things cost money which they might not have to spend and sometimes that parents kind of like uh, set restrictions on them as well either physically by taking the phones away or by using mm-hmm. software to kind of like limit their time right but mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. also there have been um there have been articles on kids who have not been able to control themselves to the point where they actually stole their parents credit card or they stole their parents money and they spent tens of thousands of dollars in these kinds of games to get loot boxes and to get chances for better units and stuff like that and so i think mm-hmm. that's one of the dangers of this as well yeah yeah definitely for sure i i 
don't think kids should have smartphones at six to seven years old. I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah, but it seems like that's increasingly the case nowadays, isn't it? Like parents want to make sure that their kids are contactable and stuff like that. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but you're putting something dangerous in the hands of your kids, man. Yeah, and it, I mean, I mean, and also like, uh, you know, if they're annoying you and you're really tired, a great way to get them off your back is just to give them a smartphone. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's another great way is to give them a quart of whiskey, but you know, <laughs> well, that's, that's not legal. Either, I wonder but, which is um, uh, more expensive in the long run, huh? <laughs> just put a little bit of whiskey in the milk, you know, they'll quiet down quickly. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, that I'm endorsing kids, that. Uh, kids do not try this at home. Parents do not try this at home, at home as well. <laughs> oh, I think among the parents is probably a well-known... Um, um, it's a well-known... <laughs> solution, I guess. Tip. It's a well-known tip. Yeah, it just makes a little bit of alcohol. Okay, let's, let's not go any further into this. Yeah, I think, I think maybe we should mix a little alcohol into your milk, huh? Oh, that's a good idea, man. That's a good idea. <laughs> and then you go to the office. Hey, what are, hey John, what are you drinking? Um, Milk. <laughs> yeah, I'm just chilling out dude it's like I'm really stressed today I'm going to get some milk and then everyone's like milk <laughs> you know they have things like um, it's called Irish coffee oh you yeah they just yes, like yes. put <laughs> just put some whiskey in their coffee and call it a day <laughs> oh yeah 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 I definitely think so and it probably tastes yeah. really delicious as well right I don't know so, I, I think that it's, it's more like for warmth maybe I don't know yeah I, like, I could be you know other countries. Uh, yeah. you know some of those uh, people in the northern uh, in European countries, they like alcohol because it keeps them warm, right? Yeah, it uh, does. Apart from the fact that they just, they, they just love alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why did we start talking about alcohol? No, you know, uh, you know yeah, because it's a, it's a comparable <laughs> vice to loot boxes, right? It is a comparable no, you know, vice. Have yeah. you ever tried um, Bailey's Irish Cream with cho- oh, yes, chocolate milk? Oh, yes, I think I have. Delicious, isn't it? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. It's not my cup of tea, but you know. You know, it's not a cup know. of tea, it's a cup of chocolate milk. <laughs> you should have it with like strawberry ice cream or something, it's great. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's like a it's kind of like a milkshake, but not really. It's a spiked milkshake. Oh yeah. I'm sure they sell that. Is somewhere. that a name for that? Uh yeah, like so. alcohol with ice cream? Uh not sure. But whenever they put alcohol in something, they, they like kind of like spike it, you know? So they like call it a spiked coffee or a spiked soda right, or a spiked whatever. Right, right. So yeah, spiked ice cream. Mm. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I tried it once. Uh, I mean, it's super high on calories. It is. So it is. Don't do too much, because it like alcohol itself is really high in sugar, right? And then you're putting it on ice cream. Some always like, oh my god, it it's is. like sugar on sugar. Yeah, yeah. So, Give um, me some sugar. <laughs> it's delicious, uh, but don't, don't don't do too much. I mean, in the same vein, you you don't spend too much on your credit cards as well. <laughs> don't give. <laughs> And your young kids should definitely not have access to your credit card. I mean, they don't even have... Like, some of them might be so young that they don't even have an idea of what money is. They don't know the value of money. Oh, that is money. true. That is true. Yeah, and that's very dangerous. It's not because they they, they, they want to spend that amount of money. They don't know what they are spending. They don't know how much $100 can buy. Like, how many bags of rice can you buy for $100? You could probably eat for like half a year or something like that based on that amount of rice. You could, you could, you could. <clears throat> Uh, so, so just a, a quick tangent here and I'm going to outright admit that it's a tangent, right? <laughs> so sure. when when do you think you learned the value of money? When did I learn the value of money? Let me see. I, or, think... you know, I mean, so if there was any uh, significant uh, incident or event that led you to realize that or, you know, it was some kind of like a process, uh, a particular period of time that, you know, because we're talking about children not knowing the value of money, right? And we're just, I'm just thinking... 
out loud, you know, at what age or at what kind of event would a child kind of um, learn the value of money? Uh, let me think. Um, I think I was in primary school. Uh, so like, you know, we used to have like recess, like in the middle of the day, right? Yeah. In the middle of classes. So recess, like 20 minutes to go and get some food. Uh, I always had like, like packed food, like was like a bun or like maybe a slice of cake from wherever, right? And I would bring that to school, right? Yeah. But other than that, my mom would also give me a dollar a week. So a that's dollar, one dollar a week in primary school? A dollar what can a that, week. What can that buy you? Next to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because I didn't need it, right? So you see, oh, yeah, I think because the idea was... You already had food, right? Yeah, I have food. So the idea is that I have food and then I guess the idea at the same time is to teach you a little bit about the value of money. Because you like have a dollar in your pocket, you like go to the the canteen, even though everything is like subsidized rates, right? Like a bowl of maybe fishbone noodles would be 50 cents. Yes. I mean, it's a tiny bowl, but you look at that one dollar and like, oh, I can only buy two, bo- two bowls. And it's like, oh, okay. Then if I didn't have any food, then what am I going to eat for the rest of the three days? I have a dollar a week, right? Yeah. And then that was the point where I think we were playing with like Game Boy Advance, correct? I think Game Boy? Uh, no, Game, Game Boy Bo- Color. Game Boy Color, yes. The very first Game Boy. Game Boy Color, Boy. yes, yes. And at that time, the like, Game Boy was like 100. It was like 100. It was 100 over dollars. Yeah, about, about 100, yeah, I think. 100 over dollars. Yeah, so it's like, I looked at that $1 and I was like, I'm never going to be able to afford a Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'm stingy because of that. <laughs> but I, I guess it, it kind of like, at that point, I was like, oh, okay, $1 is actually a lot of money because I only get that once a week. And actually, when you come to think about it, that's not a lot of money. <clears throat> but like the value of that $1 doesn't go very far. But to you, it felt like a lot of money because it was kind of like gated be- behind a time a time period of one week, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and so if, to, you, say, to you, $1 is one week. And so $100 is 100 weeks. Yeah, something like that. So if I, were to, yeah, if I had to save for a, like a Game Boy, right? If it's $100, I could save for 100 weeks. And not spend any money on anything else. Like that one dollar, I can still buy drinks from the drinks from the, the, the canteen, right? Like those 30 cents in the cup, the kind of drinks. Mm. I could buy that 30 cents. Uh, that that would go a long way, actually. Like one dollar, I could buy like three drinks. Uh, yeah. yeah. If not, you can just drink cold water from the, the what's that called? The water filter? Water no. cooler. <laughs> water cooler, yes. Dude. The hell, water cooler. Dude, water how filter. far removed are you from water coolers? <laughs> you have them in the office, right? I do not. I hey, you don't. have a water dispenser. I really don't. Well, anyway, that's that's fine. That's not fine. You have a toilet. <laughs> you have a toilet from which you can drink yeah, yeah, water. Yeah, I do have a toilet. Yeah, yeah. I used the water cooler the other day, so just that the water wasn't very cold, so it, I didn't. It didn't like. It was just. <laughs> a, it was just like, a cool. water, a hot water, hot water heater. Then. Yeah, just a water dispenser. It just dispenses water. Yeah. So you know, but I yeah. think um the incident for me, right? It it kind of mm-hmm. came pretty late. Uh, probably when I was about nineteen, and so mm-hmm. and so um for me. I never really had a good relationship. I never really had any sort of relationship with money until perhaps oh. I was about 19. So, okay. you know, when I was in, when I was young, you know, I was given money and generally I spent it on food, right? And mm, yep. I didn't bring food. So I did have to spend it on food. So I think the amount of money that my parents gave to me was just enough to afford like one meal for recess a day. Right. And so, you know, whatever money I had when I, and if I remember correctly, actually they, they only gave me money when I ran out. And because I didn't spend much, so I, I only like, I didn't run out that much. And for mm-hmm. them, when I asked them, like, hey, hey, I ran out of money, right? They would just give me a couple of dollars. And so it wasn't right. that much either. And so 
I would just use that to buy, you know, food at the canteen for, for lunch or whatever every day, right? And generally, mm. I, I, I was just like off running somewhere and like playing basketball and stuff like that. So I barely, yeah. I barely spent any money and probably I, I probably just bought like one drink every so often or, and some mm. food here and there, right? Uh, secondary school was similar as well. You know, food's, food's pretty cheap. And then, uh, you know, we barely have time to go out after classes and after your extracurricular activities and stuff like that. So I, I really think that I barely spent any money at all during those years. Um, mm. And the first taste of um, sort of me having to be responsible for my own money was actually uh, after I had graduated from junior college, right? Which is uh, probably, um, I don't know, high school for many other countries. Yep. And so there were a couple of months before a national service which, or, you know, when the Singaporean girls generally go to university, right? And so... Mm-hmm. Generally, people get a job because not necessarily to earn money because we're not in need of money, but because uh, we want to fill our time to get experience and to experience what the real world not studying is like. So for me, I don't know how I landed there, but the very first job, uh, paid job I ever had Mm -hmm. was at a restaurant as a wait staff. Right. Okay, cool. And so I think everyone in their life at some point of time, should work as a wait staff. Oh, because definitely, for sure. Because it teaches you a lot of things. It teaches you patience. It teaches you how to deal with the mundane. It teaches you hard work across a range of activities. And it teaches you the value of money because it, that is clearly what I learned. And so here's how yeah. I learned the value of money working at the restaurant. Um, the restaurant was quite far from my house. And so mm-hmm. I had to take a bus there and a bus back every day. And the bus, on a good day, it would take me about an hour to get there and an hour to get home on a bad Mm. day maybe one hour 15 minutes right and so um the bus right there would cost about one dollar fifty cents in singapore dollars and Mm -hmm. 150 back home and so that was three dollars do you know what my pay was it was six dollars an hour (laughs) and so i went into the restaurant and i was working for the first couple of days right Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it occurred to me that I'm earning $6 an hour and it cost me $3 to get here and get home. Which means that the very first half an hour I was working, I was yep. just working to cover my bus fare. Yep. And so I did not earn any money at all. Yep. And then for every hour that I worked, I earned $6. And, you know, mm-hmm. I guess for some people or maybe for countries where this is the norm, right? Um, that feels kind of standard. But for Singapore, you know, um, generally for many of the office jobs, you do earn more than that. And uh, mm. for many of us, we or for many people, they do encourage their children to take on office jobs. And so for me, I, I just felt like, well, well $6. Um, and the first half hour is working for my bus ride. You know, how do I feel about that? And I felt like, wow, is there any, is there any way I could earn more than this? Because this is clearly, this doesn't feel like a lot. And the work was mm-hmm. really tough. And uh, sometimes right. the bosses, uh, the restaurant managers were not very nice as well. Mm. And, you know, and so I got to the point where I was like, okay, if I go down for a six hour shift and I pay $3 to get there and back, then it doesn't feel like it makes much sense. So whenever I go down, I should go down for full day shifts to kind of make yep. the most out of my bus fare. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I wanted to work um, maybe 15 days a month, I should try to make it 15 full days rather than 30 yep. half days. which right. So that I would save um, maybe 15 days of bus fare. 
which is $45. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and so that was really when I felt the value of money. When I realized that, <laughs> when I realized how difficult it was to earn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I, you know, with my first few days of pay, I went to get a, hit a pair of earphones and the earphones was like $50. And I was like, oh my goodness, I worked <laughs> an entire day for this earphone. Yeah. And so yeah. there was that satisfaction, but there was also that realization. And you know, when you got to national service, it didn't get much better because the national service pays what maybe a couple of cents per hour if you yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. if you kind of like average it out over there. And so that didn't get yeah. worse. As, uh, that kind of got worse as well. But you know. Sorry, I do want to share my experience with free-to-play and loot box escape, uh, loot box games, right? And so, yeah. um, the reason why I strongly believe that free-to-play games and loot boxes are dangerous is because I myself have spent quite an amount, quite an amount of money on these games. So I mm. mentioned in the last episode that I spent maybe about two thousand dollars on Summoner's War, which is a game that mm. I played for maybe three years. So that's a long time, and that's fine if you average it out, right? But I mm. think for me, and for me, I I could afford it. So that I do want to caveat that I, it was something that I could afford. For me, what I would say is that the moment I spent the first dollar, it became mm. much. It became exponentially easier to spend. Right. Yeah. And so that's one of the first rules, which is that the first time you spend, it would potentially lead to future spending. Whereas if you have never spent at all, it's much easier mm. to keep yourself at that state where you have not spent. Yeah, and that's why they double the gem rate when you buy the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they, you know, they kind of uh, give rewards for you the first time you buy. They yeah. make it a little bit more exclusive. And then the next, the subsequent times that you buy, they kind of like take away that incentive or they, they reduce the incentive, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, the second thing that I wanted to mention is that it, these things really add up over time. So for, mm. for some of this, well, um, I think the first time I bought, it was like a small bundle. And then I started to buy like a bigger bundles, you know, daily pack and the bundles to kind of get the gems for refills, right? To refill your energy right. so that you could play more often. Um, mm-hmm. I think one thing that I'm happy that about or I'm proud of myself about is that I didn't buy to summon the loot boxes. Right. So generally when I spent, I spent it on, you know, the energy to kind of like play the uh-huh. game a little bit more to get a more, mm-hmm. more um, kind of like utility out of the game, right? And so I think that kind of um, the money f- felt like it went a longer way as compared to summons right. which you just summon immediately and you the money just yeah. goes immediately down the drain and you're not expected to get good units because of the abysmal rates right and for right. me I think it really adds up over time because for me when I look at it on a monthly basis let's say you know I'm working and I'm earning a couple of thousand dollars or if I am a student and my allowance is you know it's enough that I can buy the bundle, right? And so let's say this bundle is about $100 per month. So, okay, you think, okay, you know, I am earning a salary or I'm getting allowance and the allowance is more, it's a couple of hundred dollars. So $100 as a percentage of that overall budget, (laughs) you could justify it. It's not like, it's not like you're spending your lunch money. So, okay, you can spend it. But the thing is, if you play a game for three years, and you spend $100 each month. Over three years, you would have spent mm. $3,600. And so yep. one day, three years later, you look back at your bank account and you say, wait a minute, if I didn't spend $100 every month, 
I could have saved, or I could, the amount in my bank account right now would be $3,600 more than if I had not. Than if I yeah. had not spent all that money. Right, right. And so I think that's the second thing that I would like to share as well. Hmm. But I, I, I don't know. I feel like, okay, when we were playing those kind of games, we were a little bit younger, right? We were like students. We were still like kind of getting an allowance, working part-time here and there. So the, the, the amount of money that we spent in proportion to what we earned then was like quite a lot, right? Like even now, if you say you spent like $100 a month over the, that three years you were spending, right? Yeah. Uh, in one month or maybe two months, you could probably already recoup all that money. So I think as you get older, as you recoup all of that money, how? As in like, you just work one month, like you get $3,000. Oh, you could, you could, you could, you could. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, wait, wait where was I going? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think as we, as we get older, right, the money we, we, the disposable income that we have, um, if the level of responsibility that we have remains kind of constant, like that means we don't get married, we don't have children, that kind of thing to increase our emotion, uh, our economical burden. Our I emotional think, burden. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to say that, but you know, you can't put a price on call, money. You can't, <laughs> yeah, just just call family and children uh, economical and an emotional burden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, in a sense, they are, right? Not a true, not so a true carry on. Not a true carry on. <laughs> they, yeah, they give so much grief and you have to spend money on them. <laughs> so, so the question is, uh, would you rather have a family or have loot boxes? <laughs> Oh, let's not go there. Yeah, you know, carry, no, carry on with your story. <laughs> yeah, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, so so it's like the value of money. I think it kind of gets smaller. With uh, not really smaller. Our perceived value of money kind of gets smaller as we get a little bit older and as our earning power increases. Yeah. So I don't know. You you might maybe in twenty years you think back like, oh, I spent three thousand six hundred dollars on Summoner's War. I mean, what's the big deal? I make like ten thousand dollars a month. That's not even like a third of what I'm making. So I don't know. In some cases, you can justify it. I mean, in some cases, you have to work a little bit harder to justify it. I'm not saying <laughs> this should be the way to go, but um, I guess you just spend within your means. If it's disposable income that you can do without, I think it's fine. But if it's like that we mentioned, like if it's your lunch money, right? If you if you bought like five loot boxes and because of that on this day you couldn't eat lunch, I'm like. Dude, that's a little bit that's a little bit going over already. Yeah. It's it's like bordering on addiction already. Yeah. yeah, so so there are two things that I'm hearing and also which I kind of um pointed at too, right? So I think yeah. there are two scenarios where spending on these kind of games and these loot boxes are not really worth it. Um number one is that if you are spending money that you kind of need. Yes. And so like let's say if you're earning two hundred dollars. And you kind of need the $200, but you're spending $100 on, on loot boxes every month. That's kind of mm. unsustainable and you're kind of like starving yourself because you don't have enough money right, anymore after spending on the game, right? So that's clearly mm. something that's unhealthy. And the second one is if you are not okay with it. So if you can afford it, but you're not okay with it and you look back on your life after three years and say, hey, I wish I didn't spend that $3,600, then I think yeah. that's a problem as well. But yeah. I think, um, what was I going to say? Hmm... <laughs> Oh man, I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, something about money, something about disposable income. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so so I think I think um the fact that I was I looked back and I kind of regretted those purchases even though mm-hmm. technically I could have afforded those uh yep. things. I I wasn't like I wasn't like destitute or something like that. Right, so yeah. I think that's a sign for me that I should stop spending on these kind of things and that's the reason why 
um, for future games after Summoner's War, you know, I decided not to spend anything. Um, mm. But, you know, what do you think about those YouTubers? Oh, you know, oh, so we talked about those YouTubers who spend tons of money on Summons, right? To be honest, um, a lot of them say that, okay, we're investing in the game. We are, we are doing this for content. We are doing this to get more views. Mm-hmm. but um, sometimes when I look at the amount of money they put in $2,000, $5,000 I find it really absurd and so I sure. think uh, what I'm concerned about is that they think or they kind of rationalize it that they're investing back into the channel but mm-hmm. if you really sit down and you do a proper calculation they're actually losing money and so I think that's something that I would be wary about also kind of like having the impression that you are breaking even or prof- mm-hmm. or profiting from this investment that you're making into the game but in reality mm. you're losing money and so for example you know one way to do that would be let's say this guy gets a hundred thousand dollars a hundred thousand views on every video mm-hmm. that he makes and so mm. however much money he earns from that right and then he does a summer session where you know he tries to get loot boxes and he pays a thousand dollars for that one video mm. if that video gets one hundred thousand views then that $1,000 didn't get him any additional views across a, a regular video. And so if he had another idea, mm-hmm. he could have still gotten that 100,000 views. And so for me, I feel like this is the part where it's kind of dangerous, where it's not so easily, it's not so easy to track exactly how much value doing those loot boxes will get you as a YouTuber, as a Twitch streamer. And so then mm. it becomes a little dangerous because they might think that they're investing and they're getting a good return on that through um, Twitch revenue or YouTube revenue, uh, mm. ad revenue, but in reality, they're not. Hmm. Actually, I I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, so in this particular case, right, Genshin Impact is this like monster of a game, right? It's super popular. I don't even know. I mean, I kind of know why it's super popular. I mean, it's fun to play and all that. So it's like, I think if they spend like so much money in a game, right, I think they really can recoup this money because they spend it. I mean, they normally youtubers nowadays they don't just do youtube right they stream as well right so like a lot of the the videos that we watch on youtube they actually come from people's streams so like a stream session um so let's say i don't know a thousand a thousand polls maybe that might fill up like a two-hour stream or a three-hour stream right and that's their that's their stream for the day and then they get however much donations from there they get however much uh, twitch revenue from there and then they can recycle that content for youtube so, so they like, have two sources of income for the same content. Yeah, yeah, correct. So for that same amount of money they spent on that, yeah, they they kind of like recycle the content, right? Yeah, and yeah. then on top of that, if they have the character, they can do like guides and stuff like that, correct? Uh, they can yeah. do like guides yeah. on the character. So like this, if you have like a max constellation venti or whatever, right? So like not many people have that. So I think it's probably their goal to strive to have that so they can make a guide and then like try to like take the high road and like, oh, okay, should you spend $2,000 to max constellation your venti, for example. Yeah. And then they'll give you like some points. It's like why it's good, why it's not so good. And then at the end, they'll say like, eh, maybe it's not so worth it if you don't have money. But if you have money, go for it. That kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of like the structure of the video always, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of videos, I, I assume they draw a lot of likes. Uh, they draw a lot of likes. They have a lot of um, views. And then also, if you have the character and you're doing guides, it, it is, I think, I think I mentioned just now that you, you seem a bit more credible once you uh, of course. Are actually when you're actually using the product, right? As opposed to someone who's just reading off the Reddit. And that credibility also lends a bit of credence to your channel as well. So like people, oh, this guy is credible. They will return to his channel for future videos. 
Yeah. So like you see the the I think the so amount of that, money. There's a lot of uh, customer lifetime value there. Correct, correct. So it's not just it doesn't just uh remain in this one video. Like let's say for me, right? I went to his video because uh I w- I wanted to know what a Max Constellation Venti looked like, right? But then maybe because I watched this video, I find he's credible. He has good points. I might end up watching his videos for the next one year. Every day he uploads, I watch every single video, and that's like a lot of lifetime value already right. for him. Thousand dollars is already worth it, even if I was the only one who was doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, I mean, so so I I think you you gotta you gotta kind of like spend money to make money, and I think this 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 problem is because Genshin is so so popular that they spend so much money. Like um, Tectone was it Tectone? Yeah. Yeah. So he he used to spend like like. $500 or like $300 to pull a character in Arknights. But when he, when it comes to uh, Genshin Impact, right, he's like spending thousands of dollars. Mm. So I can only imagine like, I mean, Arknights is obviously not as popular a game. It was very popular at the time because it was the only kind of game that was around that was like a tower defense kind of thing where you pull characters right, and stuff like that right. also. Yeah, so it was, it was very popular at the time, but it is nowhere near as popular as Genshin Impact. So I think these YouTubers, these streamers are really going all in on this game to build their channel for future like views and stuff like that. Right, right. No, I I, I, I do agree with that. And I'm not saying that mm. people can't earn money from uh, mm-hmm. investing into this. What I'm saying is that I would be wary that not everyone can actually earn money, uh, can, oh, yeah, can yeah. break even and actually profit from spending you know $5,000 on the video and actually getting more than $5,000 worth. Um, from customer lifetime value and all their views and all their revenue streams. Of course, it mm-hmm. depends on the scale of the channel. It depends on um, how how big these, how viral these videos get and, you yep. know, their monetization and everything. So uh, what I'm saying is that, you know, I would be wary that not all of these YouTubers or not all of these Twitch streamers, they actually mm-hmm. earn the amount that they think they're earning. And so mm-hmm. if I were them, I would be really careful about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes it a little bit more difficult for them because... Uh, you spending this um, $1,000, for example, it's yep. quite difficult to track how much exactly you make off this $1,000. It's not as straightforward yeah, yeah. as like you buy a stock for $1,000 yeah. and then you check the stock the next day and it goes up by $5, so you've earned $5, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not as straightforward as that. So this um, difficulty in tracking makes it difficult for them to know and so that might lead some of them down the wrong road where they think that they're earning money but they're not. Um, the mm. other thing that I wanted to mention is that okay so there's a third scenario where I feel that it's not really justified to spend your money right so mm-hmm. and this is a scenario where okay so we're talking about free to play games right. and there are a few uh, similar categories so for example um, you could have this game let's say Genshin Impact that is technically free to play yeah. but depending on how much you spend in the game people call you different things Mm, so yes. so so for the for the listeners right if you don't spend any money you are called a free to play player if yep. you spend some money you are called a pay to play oh not again <laughs> not again uh, you are called a pay to play player <laughs> just a paid player maybe easier let's make it easier on ourselves yeah, yeah. so and then you also have pay to win player and this is the third category that I'm going to talk about where the game just keeps on giving you more and more content. They keep giving, uh, creating better and better units, which is, I expect every game to do that. Right. But some games do it um, perhaps more 
unsustainable than others. Unsustainable right. for the player in terms of spending. And so right. if they keep doing that at a really fast pace and you feel like you want to be competitive in this game and you're spending tons of money just to remain competitive, I feel that that is something that's very dangerous as well. And uh, a lot of these players, sure, I don't know where they get the money from, to be honest. Fine, if they're rich, mm. they can spend whatever they want with their money and they shouldn't be listening to me telling them what to do. But at the same time, <laughs> yep. I would be concerned and I would show concern about some of their spending because they're spending thousands of dollars every month in order to keep up in a game. And so to me, it's like, have you, have you really thought this through? Is this something that you feel is worth thousands of dollars? Is this something that 10 years down the road, when you look back, are you going to be proud of this? And I dare say that some people would not be proud of it. And so mm-hmm. the key then is to get them to realize that um, when they are in the middle of that spending and to get them to stop rather than for them to continue and only realize it after they have stopped. Um, mm. The last thing, uh, the, the last thing that I kind of want to point out is that, uh, I mean, it's not really a common term, but sometimes people use it when they get unlucky, right? Or they perceive themselves as unlucky. And we call it, mm. we call this group of players pay to lose. Oh, what? Uh, I mean, it's not a common <laughs> term, but I'm right. sure some people have referred to themselves as this at some point of time. Yikes. So Yikes. what we mean by pay to lose is that you are a player who has paid money to, uh-huh. to pull these loot boxes and stuff. And right. you think you have really bad rates or you have really bad luck. And so you don't get as good pulls as some of the others, some of the right. other players. And so mm-hmm. even though you've spent the same, let's say you've spent $1,000 and that guy has spent $1,000, but that guy has yeah. much better units than you. And so you kind right. of like, and people call you like, hey, you're a pay to lose player, you know, or you, you kind of like, kind of diss yourself with your bad luck that I'm a pay to lose player. Right, right, I right. have paid this amount of money, but I'm still further back in progression as compared to the next guy who has spent a similar amount. And so mm. um, I think um, it's important to be realistic when you're pulling loot boxes in a game and you're spending some money that, you know, sometimes these people who are making videos, they, do pulls and the rates are bad uh, and, the, and the rates are what they are and they get really mm-hmm. upset about it yep. but to be honest if you look at it from a statistical standpoint yeah the rates are exactly <laughs> what they should be yes and so yeah, exactly what they should be. um you know it's not really healthy for them emotionally to keep getting upset although even mm-hmm. for me as a, a free-to-play player and yep. i don't get the pulls that i want of course i'm upset <laughs> but to be honest if i were to be completely objective those rates yeah. are exactly the rates that they should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is that way for a reason, you know. It's, it's, it's all a game of chance, right? So, I, I do think all of these streamers, they probably compartmentalize. I mean, they it, it is kind of a genuine reaction at that point of time. But, I mean, after that, I guess they can just like, ah, laugh it off. Okay, I spent $2,000 on Gitchin Empire. I didn't get Venti, you know, that kind of thing. So, it's like, I don't know. It, it, might, be, it might be something that works for them. I guess they can't get too too pissed off about it if not they'll stop playing the game right yeah so, yeah i, I, I really hope so so i think emotional emotional reaction is also something right so for mm. them maybe if they just do it on stream for the reactions and what and for the lose right the lose the lose 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 whatever you know then that's fine to get some views yeah and for the entertainment value but to be honest if they off the stream and they're still upset about it then that's something that i would be concerned about as well Mm, yeah definitely definitely okay definitely. we're gonna go, go on to the last point really quickly which is that there are definitely some people who might listen to this or who have made uh, who are currently spending that they might feel that they want to reduce their spending or to stop spending mm-hmm. completely that, that even right. applies to the both of us right i know we have not spent in this game yet but nope. i guess uh, the temptation is always there right so yep. 
you know, how should people wanting to reduce their spending or cut their spending do so? And, you know, this um, applies to those who are free to play currently and they also want to maintain that free to play status. Or, you know, people, uh, groups like uh, parents who have children who are kind of wanting to spend, but, you know, they're trying to discourage it. Mm, okay. So I'm going to go with like game specific, right? So, of course, yeah. Um, in terms of games, right, if you want to reduce your spending, uh, because there's like a, there's a explicit pity now, right? Like 90 pulls is definitely guaranteed one five-star character. Yeah. So if you want to kind of reduce your spending, right, you should skip banners that you don't really want the characters for. So to save for that 90 pulls to guarantee that character. So uh, for example, I'm playing this um, Exos Hero, right? This, this other game on mobile. So there is a guaranteed pity depending on the tier of the character. So some are 28 pulls, some are 19 pulls. Uh, it's times 10, by the way. So it's 190 pulls and 280 pulls to get the PD character. So it is very expensive, right? But the thing is, they don't always have characters that are meta-defining or like game-changing characters, you know? So you could kind of like, oh, okay, you decide like this character is actually not worth the hype. Okay, I'm just going to skip this banner. I'm not going to summon on this banner. And when that big banner comes up, right, you can just immediately throw all of your 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 premium currency straight into the PD, and then you get the character straight up. I mean, if you get it before PD, that's great. You carry on to PD, get two copies, <laughs> fuse it, I don't know, do whatever you want. But yeah, I think that's one way to kind of reduce spending. So that's what I kind of do in Exos Heroes. Because not every single banner is a meta-defining character. Right. And not every every banner is like a, a necessary character to progress in the game. Or the, and, uh, or the more common... This character is ugly, so I will not pull yes, this character. Yes. <laughs> I mean, everyone has uh, has their own um, reasons for pulling, right? Like, if, if there was, like, a waifu I really wanted, I would just go all in on the PD <laughs> as well. <laughs> so I think, but then you have to consider <laughs> how much gems you're saving for the next one. Right, huh? right, right. So I think, uh, just to put the context what John is talking about here, we're talking about the the game, the, the game mechanic where... Um, every one in 90 pools for example you get a 5 star character so that's what we call mm. the pity pool where they kind of like pity you so they give you a guaranteed <laughs> pool every 90 yep. pools every 90 every 90 loot pool. boxes and then um, what was the other thing that you were talking about you were talking about uh, banners right yeah, and so the banners, banners are like kind of like uh, exclusive um, pools uh, exclusive domains where you can choose yeah. where they would have an increased rate for a particular character or a particular weapon for example and so if mm. you chose to open the loot box in that domain then you would have a higher chance of getting that character so what he's talking about is kind of like saving your in-game currency or your cash to kind of like um, do the loot boxes and purchase the loot boxes for characters that you really want and skipping the ones that you don't want yeah yeah precisely but i mean yeah there are, there are of course other ways to limit your spending like setting a limit on your credit card i'm sure a lot of, i think a lot of streamers have said that they received a call from their bank their card <laughs> oh was yes, frozen. yes 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 <laughs> yeah so I, I guess to the bank it's kind of ridiculous right why are you spending so much money on a chinese game genshin impact <laughs> right right so yeah i i mean every bank i think has some built-in thing to do that there are also i think limits you can set per day on how much money you allow to go through your card or transfer from your card that kind of thing so you might want to look into that um parents kids no do not give them your sub card <laughs> do not give them sub card do not give them smartphones until they are like 16 or something yeah, this is I, something I, that i've not decided but uh, i've not decided when the age should be but you know seven is probably too young yeah it is way too young we at seven i did not have 
even like the the dumb phone. <laughs> Don't even talk about <laughs> a smartphone. I mean, at that time there were no smartphones, uh, but Of course. <laughs> yeah, we were using dumb phones, and I, the 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 first time you we know got, we just used to call them phones. <laughs> and now we're calling them dumb phones how times have changed yeah yeah we used to call them phones right so yeah so i think my first smartphone was like after army because you know in army you can't have a smartphone right yeah, At the time yeah, they, yeah. they couldn't have cameras and stuff like that so i mean there, there is obviously a good age i think for kids to get phones it, it's probably different for every kid if you see your kid is responsible and knows how to like uh Proportion, a portion, a portion, a portion. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, to like spend spend his time properly, spend his or her time properly on the phone, like not not spend too many hours on it, uh, not try and play too much games, watch too many videos or whatever. I think uh, I I don't know where is that 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 threshold where you decide to give a phone to your kid. You know, it, there could be many circumstances that go through it, but I don't know. Uh, Subcard definitely no no. Don't give it to your kids, man. Don't give it to your kids. Completely agree. <laughs> Yeah, completely agree. So I think for myself, I think there are a few, there are a few um, kind of filters which I mentioned earlier, right? So number mm. one is to look at your own income and to look at how much you kind of want to spend in the game. And so the first barrier is like, okay, if you can reasonably afford however much you're spending in the game, fine, that crosses the first check. So if, for example, if you're spending, if you're earning $200 and you're spending $100 every month, then that kind of doesn't make sense. And so you should kind of like alarm bells should be ringing in your head that $100 is way too much to be spending as compared to your income. If you were earning $3,000, fine. $100 per month is something that you could reasonably justify. As, I mean, mm-hmm. like, unless you, you really need the money um, because you, yeah, because of the way that you portioned your income, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, I think, um, to kind of like collate it over time to say that, okay, if you think that you're going to play the game for three years, and you're going to yep. spend $100 every month. So that will be $3,600 in a year. And you yeah. ask yourself, in three years time, when I look back on this, how would I feel about me spending that $3,600? Because $100 a month sounds okay to you at that point of time. But what about $3,000, $3,600 over three years? Mm. Is that something that you will be okay with? And you know, fine. If that's something that you're okay with, then you can go for it as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the barrier. The second barrier, which is that are you going to be okay with this? Um, right. When you look back on it on a monthly basis or over, overall uh, for the amount of time that you've spent playing that game, um, how should people wanting to reduce their spending do so? I think um, one of the YouTubers that I was watching, he also spent quite a lot on previous games like myself. And so now he's playing Genshin Impact, he's creating content for Genshin Impact, and he's very deliberate about not spending money in the game and also encouraging his viewers not to spend money in the game. Um, mm-hmm. not just encouraging them not to spend the money, but to tell them that to be sure whether they want to spend money in the game. And if they don't, then they shouldn't. And if they do, to set a reasonable budget. And so that's going to be mm. my advice as well, which is set a budget. And the budget should be should be set before you even start spending. So you don't mm. you don't spend like $100 and then to say like, okay, I'm going to spend $100 more. And that's still kind of like my budget, right? You right. should set it as, okay, thinking... A few years into the future or thinking one year into the future how much can i reasonably afford and like okay that amounts to maybe like ten dollars a month or twenty dollars a month and when i look back on it in three years ten dollars a month is something that i'll be okay with and so mm. then um because inevitably let's say you spend if you set a budget for yourself ten dollars and you're prepared to spend that money right inevitably mm-hmm. when you do these two boxes you're going to be disappointed with the pools because that's how the pools work <laughs> yep and yeah they they make it 
tough for you to get the things that you want so that mm-hmm. you will spend more money. And that's how they make money. Yeah. And yep. they kind of like capitalize on your emotional weakness mm, to yes. get people to spend. <laughs> and so you must yes. be realistic in the sense that you must, you must be expected. You must expect to be frustrated when you're paying money for in-game pools or in-game loot boxes. And yep. so that's the reasoning for setting the budget beforehand so that if mm. you spend that $10 and you don't get the units you want, you still stick to your guns and say, okay, even though I'm emotional and I kind of want to spend more money to pull more units, I'm not going mm. to because I've already set myself the budget and that's what I'm going to stick with. Yeah, yeah. So it's very similar to gambling, right? You you don't go in with a blank check. You bring in like two $300. You decide that's your budget for the day. That's all I'm spending in the casino. You're done. You get out. <laughs> you don't yeah, try and recoup yeah, yeah. your losses. It's like an amateur movement, but I mean, it's an amateur move, but it's also preying on your emotions, that kind of thing. Yeah. So do you remember that picture I sent you? Uh, money you spend doesn't disappear. It just becomes the thing you love. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> no, don't. I will not be advocating for that picture ever. <laughs> yeah, but it is pretty funny, isn't it? I mean, there is like certain point to it. <laughs> it does become something that you love, but I know. Um, I, well, what it, it what, what of, do you love? Uh, regret? <laughs> you're going to spend $100 on regret, huh? No, I'm going to spend $100 on waifu, dude. Waifus. Yeah, but you're not even going to get the waifu that you want, right? And so what happens when you don't? Yeah, you got to calculate uh, properly to get 90 pools and you get it, uh, get it on the pity, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so it's like, um, if you think about it, 40 pools is $150, so yeah. 90 pools, oh my god! Yeah, goodness. do that do that calculation. That's another, Jesus that's another recommendation as well. Yeah, so anyway, you know, calculation, yeah. anyway, with that, you know, we have come to the end of this episode. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you hear, give us a like and follow on whatever podcast app you use and also share the podcast with your family and friends. Lastly, thanks to John for joining me for this episode and we will see you again next week. Bye! What do the Chinese say? Do they, say, they just say bye. Bye! 再见. 再见. Who, who says 再见? 下次吧. <laughs> when was the last time you said 再见? You just say bye, right? Ah, gan zo. It's a 臭小子. Yeah.